the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. What an interesting day it is. Uh, for the news. Actually pretty exciting. So much stuff breaking today, almost in the middle of the week, that it's made it kind of hard tonight to prioritize all the different topics. But have no fear, my dears. We are going to get through it all tonight because we are rocking here with you guys for two hours. And we've got a great lineup of topics as well as guests uh, to be with us tonight to help us break it all down. If you want to be a part of the show, follow me on all the socials. We're actually streaming live right now on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. We've got to get into the, there was multiple hearings today happening on the Hill. We're going to get into, um, we've also got some, some breaking news happening in terms of, uh, the Hunter Biden investigation and the impeachment. Um, let's see what else we've got to go along with. Gee, we had a hearing today that had to do with uh, transgender and in sports and women's rights. Just so much yummy stuff to get to tonight. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. The man in regards to all things related to gun crimes, Second Amendment rights, and more is John Lott, and he will be here with us this hour. So will famed senatorial candidate, political pundit, author, writer, businessman, business attorney, and former head of the Republican Party for the state of California, Tom DeBacaro, will be here and more. And of course... Probably the most important side dish to the show. You know, I'm the main entree, right? But the numero uno side dish to this meal tonight is and always will be the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame Broccolini. Happy Wednesday Eve. What's going on? <laughs> so much going on. I wasn't even sure if I was going to start with this because we got to get into this FBI hearing today because the extent in which the FBI is continuing to spitball in our faces, covering up the crimes of the Biden regime and more while spitting in our faces. I almost feel as though uh, we have to talk about the other climate people, uh, the other people spitting in our faces uh, in terms of the climate hucksters, but even worse, uh, the numero uno uh, emitter of all types of various gases, including greenhouse gases today, spewed some gas on the stage over at COP28. Sesame Broccolini, did you actually hear the explosion that took place on the stage today? 
I did not, but I would love to hear about <laughs> it. I, I haven't heard anything about COP28. <laughs> I actually don't have the audio for you guys, it, uh, but it, it, you got to Google it. John Kerry not just has, like Al Gore, one of the largest carbon footprints. He's not just one of the biggest uh, climate change huckster hypocrites, but dude was over sitting on a stage with flanked between a woman and a dude. <laughs> and he starts talking, trying to bust the irresponsible people with the yada, yada, yada. And he just lets one rip. <laughs> And the look on the face of the lady sitting next to him was priceless. Of course, he just kept on talking, right? Um, trying to pretend, right? He's probably, you know, hoping that if she said something, he would say, look, he smelt it, dealt it, right? <laughs> this has just made me so pleased today because I just find it absolutely fitting. Your thoughts, Sesame? Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't get much more ironic than that, does it? <laughs> no, <laughs> but hey, if this is a if this is a justification to start creating government mandates to limit John Kerry and what he can do and where he can go, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm all for all the jokes that came out. Such low hanging fruit today, and at a time in which the the Biden regime is going around trying to act as though what what are you talking about? Things are great with the economy. Everything's everything's every meals, a you know, banquet every day is a parade with Biden and the administration. This happens today. People are like, farts is the only gas we we can afford as Americans. <laughs> it's just been too priceless to, to, I guess the eight, the eight year old in me came out today. Um, but I just love to see when this level of a hypocrite embarrasses themselves, particularly on the world stage. Uh, the last time we had something, this, uh, noteworthy happen, AOC let one rip in the middle of one of her videos and, uh, with much to uh, the chagrin of the people that she was huxting for in that moment. Look, we got to get serious because there are really serious things happening in this country. I mean, just yesterday, we've got more evidence that comes out. James Comer from the House Oversight comes out and shows the proof, the goods that Joe Biden was getting not just direct payments from one of Hunter's schemes that was cooked up with him as VP, but creepy big guy, Grandpa Badfinger Joe was getting monthly payments from Owasco. So today, and quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with all y'all. I had a busy day today. I don't know exactly why Christopher Ray was back before committee today. I'm not even sure anything's going to come of it except continuing to make him squirm in his seat. Because when you think about the revelations that took place yesterday, and you think about the extent that the FBI and Christopher Ray has done to cover up those crimes while working hand in hand with the Department of Justice, to persecute Americans, throw them in a gulag, have them denied bail. The FBI was working in tandem with the Department of Justice to round up Americans for their political beliefs and literally make their lives a living hell to the tune to where four Americans committed suicide to end the suffering. But at least I can enjoy him getting his butt handed to him by a few members of Congress, one of which 
Of course, uh, Josh Hawley went back to um, his time, uh, the last time he had Ray in front of him, confronted Ray for the memo about Catholics in which they had cooked up a plan and documented in an email. And by the time it gets into an email, y'all get that there's been many meetings, right? Many conversations before it gets into the point of an email to where it's like, here's our plan uh, to where they were going to send Ain't no, ain't none of these people tracking, by the way, the terrorists that are in this country. But what they were going to do is, ta- is uh, uh, track the terrible Catholics that might be in a pew somewhere, um, thinking about um, something that the Biden regime and the communists don't want you to think about. So the FBI had a plan to go into Catholic churches. Sesame, I pulled two clips from this. If you could play um, the first one in the list. You haven't done a darn thing. You haven't fired anybody. In fact, what the House found is, what is it? You you admonished them. They were admonished. And their respective supervisors were told to engage with the Human Resources Division to ensure the deficiencies are addressed. Oh, I feel much better. They've been sent to bed without food. Good heavens, Director. This is one of the most outrageous targetings you have mobilized your division, the most powerful law enforcement division in the world against traditionalist Catholics, whatever the heck that means. And you're just told us you, you have not fired a single person. Yeah, nobody fired. I think the other clip that I've got has him giving an, an, an excuse for why he hadn't. Sesame, if you can play that. Here, it gets worse. Your Richmond field office, they thought there was nothing wrong with this. The House interviewed the head of the Richmond field office. He testified. It's all here in the public report. I refer you to it, pages 12, 13, 14. He testified he saw no problem with this. He said he thought it was fine. In fact, we have internal memoranda of the members of the field office high-fiving. One peer reviewer, another member of the field office wrote, I think this is a great product. I really enjoyed the read. Do you have a problem with systemic bigotry against Catholics in the FBI? No. What are you going to do about this? Are you going to fire these people or not? Those individuals have all been admonished and it is all going into their, if you would let me finish my answer, it is all going into their annual performance reviews, which has direct impact on their compensation, among other things. (laughs) They might not get their bonus, Sesame Broccolini. I I mistakenly uh, didn't pull the clip to where the excuse was, well, it wasn't intentional. Not intentional? They weren't planning to go into Catholic churches. They weren't high-fiving each other. They weren't talking about what a great plan this was to go after traditional Catholics because the traditional Catholics, Sesame Broccolini, are not the ones that are communist, are not the ones thinking that it's okay to baptize transgender people, right? Uh, These are the Catholics like yourself that are traditionally conservative, the, the kind of Americans for which this country was founded. And that's who they are after, whether they go into a Catholic church, whether they go into a Christian church, whether they don't go into a church at all, but they go and stand in front of a school board. But in this case, it was about treating Catholics as domestic terrorists because of their political beliefs, is it? And not one person was fired. Oh, absolutely correct. And look, it's it's incredibly concerning for so many different reasons, but it does go to show you that these battles, many of them are political, but really on a deeper level, they're theological. This is a, a country founded upon a very simple premise 
We have one creator, one true God who instilled in us certain rights that the government cannot infringe upon. And the FBI has been infringing upon those rights for decades at this point, include with, with every single FBI director I can think of. Christopher Ray, James Comey, J. Edgar Hoover, the very beginning, the, the very first FBI director, yes. mass surveillance, unwarranted surveillance without the consent or knowledge of anyone. And thank the Lord, by the way, for whistleblowers like Steve Friend. Who've, yes. who've, tona, who've told us this in detail and showed us the plans and given us all of the information that we that can corroborate these allegations that, you know, Director Ray wants to downplay and say are really just conspiracy theories. This is the truth. So it's it's an exercise in gaslighting, honestly, and I don't know what you do about it. I mean, throw him in prison, hold a trial for him. I, I will say this. I'm tired of all the inquiries and formalizing yes. procedures. I want real teeth. I want real justice. It's about darn time. Yes, it is. All right. Well, it's about time for us to end this segment, uh, but stay tuned because we've got more clips to play for you. And we're also going to have Tom DeBocaro, who correctly identified the FBI as the today's uh, the United, the Gestapo of the United States and that their role was to control the outcome of elections. And we'll have him when we come back. Stay tuned. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Don't forget, if you miss any part of the show, that you can always listen to the podcast. Download it wherever you get your pods. Yesterday was National Cookie Day. I actually don't know what today is in relation to food, besides the fact that it is always a day to eat tacos, especially on Tuesday. So it is Taco Tuesday. Um, it's also a day in which we've had multiple hearings in front of committees today. Christopher Ray was back at the open of the show. Uh, we discussed uh, Josh Hawley revisiting the absolute disgusting targeting of, quote, traditional Catholics. And Josh Hawley um, ripped him one there. He, you know, he was uh, he was almost in need of one of those donuts that people have to sit on when their hiney is hurting. And then we had Ted Cruz uh, jump in and talk about search warrants. We even had my man at a, at a Louisiana Kennedy in on it. But before I play any more clips, of the hearing today, I had to to bring on, as I told you guys, Tom DeBacaro is back with us, senatorial candidate who destroyed Kamala Harris in the debate. I might have to rewatch that just just to enjoy it all over again. He's also written really important books like The Divided Era. He's his writings are seen everywhere. He actually did a piece about the FBI some while back, six months maybe, or even a year ago, that really foreshadowed what's going on with the FBI. So I wanted him on tonight, and he joins me now. Hello, dear. How are you? Great to be on. Thanks. Well, thank you for being back with me. Um, so I'm not really sure that this that anything is going to come of this, Tom DeBacaro, because the extent in which the FBI, as you've documented in your op-ed piece that went viral, look, it's obvious the FBI's role has been to cover up crimes of the Biden family. Yesterday, James Comer came out with rock hard bank records, monthly payments from Hunter's business to Joe Biden, the big guy. Um, I, but I am enjoying seeing Christopher Ray squirm because these elites don't, they're so arrogant, so feeling untouchable that, it, you know, just at least, it, it, is it at least worthy of seeing them squirm or, or is there anything more that's going to come out of these hearings? 
Well, I think the one value that comes out of these hearings is that Christopher Ray is there talking about how he sees nothing but blinking lights related to dangers of uh, uh, of terror, uh, potential terror, which, of course, we all know is coming out of border crossings. So I, I think the the there there is at least some movement in America on understanding, which is something I made a deal of in 2015 and 16 when I was running against Kama, it, it, is that an open border is a, uh, a security interest, a, a national security uh, issue. So I, I, I think that uh, you'll notice that the Democrats don't really talk about the border now or really don't defend open borders anymore. They just sort of ignore it as opposed to, you know, defending the policy. Uh, but do I think that that the FBI is going to, you know, go straight now because of any of these things? I don't. I was at an interesting conference today in New York City uh, with the Committee on, to Unleash Prosperity, which is Art Laffer's group with Stephen Moore. And Scott Raffles. I love both of them. There. I studied Laffer in the econ class in college. Love him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Art's actually going to be looking at my upcoming book uh, and perhaps giving me a quote related to that. So I'm really Ooh, pleased about plug. that. Love the Scott, shameless promotion. There you go. But uh, I was speaking with Scott Rasmussen, who uh, back in 2007 published my first ever article on the divided era the book came out eight years later but uh what scott said was incredibly alarming which was that there is uh the biggest gap between everyday people and the elite is among not among those who are college educated but among the elites that are that have uh advanced degrees and they are very much so uh, liberal, and a huge percentage of them, 60-plus percent of them, believe Americans have too much freedom. And, of course, those elites populate our government. And just, just think of that concept, that Americans have too much freedom, that they know better what's best going forward for the country. And, and that's who populates the FBI and the DOJ and the like. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, this is it, to me, it's obviously about the transformation that's taking place in America is to take all the power away from the people and have it be centralized. I said yeah. on the day of Trump's inauguration that the one part of his speech that showed the main reason why they hated him was when he said and they wanted to get rid of him and MAGA was when he said today is the day the government gets returned to the people. And that's really where the where the battle is. And yeah. and and all the rest is just an example of it. For example, uh, you know, uh, to me, one of the things that I want to play this clip from Ted Cruz, because, uh, you know, when I think about Americans committing suicide, because in the quest for total domination and total power in this country, Americans were dragged in by the FBI thrown into a gulag, denied bail, such persecution that four people killed themselves. Meanwhile, the FBI tipped off 
tipped yeah. off Hunter and Joe Biden before subpoena. I want to play Sesame. Uh, if you can play the, cr- the clip of uh, uh, Ray defending the agency, tipping off Hunter Biden. Let me and ask I you also, the whistleblower testified that investigators wanted to execute a search warrant on a storage unit used by Hunter Biden. And instead, they tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyer before the search warrant was carried out. Is it typical FBI practice to tip off the subject of a search warrant before the search warrant so they can remove any evidence that's incriminating? What is typical is that when you're dealing with an individual who has a protective detail, uh, it is typical for agents to be in contact with does the, the subject's protective, protective detail, detail. Does the protective detail guard the, the storage unit? Again, I can't speak to the storage <laughs> unit specifically. What I can tell you is that why, when it comes to— Why would the FBI tip off the subject of a search warrant about the storage unit that was going to be searched beforehand? Does that not undermine the very essence of an investigation that DOJ is purporting— to undertake. Again, I'm not going to be able to discuss specific investigative settings. But who is? If you're not, nobody answers these questions, and it's why people are furious with the cover-up, because you don't believe the FBI is accountable to Congress or to the American people. Absolutely, Tom Dell, your response? There's no other way there's no other way to look at it. They have expanded this. I can't talk about current investigations to as a shield from anyone discovering what they're doing other than an IG report, which often comes out two or three years after the fact and, and, and therefore becomes uh, of no value. And, and yes, they, the DOJ and the FBI are unaccountable. And I, I'll remind people that <laughs> the executive branch that George Washington created was not the monolith that it is today, which is these huge operating executive branch. Uh, I don't call it the steep deep state because it's right there on the surface that create laws and, and without any input from anybody. And and this is the, the danger to America. And look, this isn't new. Uh, De Tocqueville talked about the the power of the English Parliament. And how mm-hmm. uh, intrusive it can be, and he did that a, a hundred some years ago. So the, that's the reality of it, and we're just succumbing to it with no accountability. No, none, none whatsoever. Um, yesterday, Marsha Blackburn, Mar- Marsha Blackburn, uh, t- took apart uh, Ray today too oh, yeah. over the fact that you know uh, the FBI hiding and, and re- refusing to lease. I mean, covering up Jeffrey Epstein's crimes against children. You know, these were underage girls, and he's covering up those crimes. And and her subpoenas uh, through um, the Senate, Dick Durbin blocked those. I mean, right now, our entire government seems to be operating for for the entire purpose to cover up the crimes of the elites to con- in order to not just give them a pass to enable them to commit commit their crimes, but also to hide it from the American people and then therefore control the outcome of elections by keeping us stupid as well as keeping us under the thumb of this oppressive government. And right now we've got about two people willing to do anything about it. And that does not include Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC. Final thoughts, 30 seconds. Yeah, this and what makes the next election so critical is that if the Democrats were to win the House back, keep the Senate, 
and somehow win the presidency, then crime would go on, the border would be open, the DOJ and the FBI, everything would be swept under the rug, and they would do exactly what they're accusing Trump would do. They would create this uh, a, a more authoritarian state than we have now. It's going to be worse. They will be, uh, there will be internment camps. There will be uh, struggle sessions and you will be sent to re-education camps. That's absolutely coming. And think about how bad, think we're all going to be Jan 6. And that is what we all have to look forward to, the persecution by the state. Tom Debacar, thank you for being here. All right, take care. Take care of yourself, my dear. And you guys, we're going to take a tiny break, but then come on back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I've suddenly got a stabbing pain in my in my eyeball. And I almost think I need to stab the other eyeball to maybe balance the pain because after everything we've already talked about, did we not think that we were already in the middle of an impeachment inquiry and the plan was the next step was going to be that there would be a a push for articles of impeachment? So I'm confused as to why Speaker Johnson has announced that there will be a vote next week for a Biden impeachment inquiry. Sesame Broccolini, can you help this make sense to me? Why in the huh? And with all the evidence that we have, they are pulling this crap. We are not at the opening kickoff. This is not week one of regular season. We're like we're like in the fourth quarter of the the NFC championship game. Yeah, I don't know where the sense of urgency is. Um, I really don't. And I don't understand why, because uh, and that's really the, the interesting question is what's changed? Because this evidence has been around for a long, long time. It's been a matter of, of public record at this point for a long time, at least a, at least a few weeks. So we could have been doing this a long time ago. And that's that's a big theme with Republicans slow walking. And I don't know if it's because they're afraid that opening this kind of investigation could open the door to them later because they're just as corrupt or just as guilty for doing things that are related. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe maybe the GOP establishment is trying to slow walk this again so it happens to overlap and correspond with the election next year. Maybe that's their thinking. Drag it out so that way it's fresh in the news as people are voting. I don't know. Maybe it's an electoral strategy. Maybe it's not. What do you think? I mean, what, what's what, what explains this it's, it just feels like such an unnecessary delay, and I guess I'm I'm trying to figure out why. What's with because all the, the talking and the deliberating, uh, just to have preliminary, then formalized, and all these it's just weird ridiculous. procedures and red tape. Yeah, I don't understand why. Well, it's it's culture for one thing. This is who the Republican Party is. This is this is this is who the leadership. This is this culture reflects the leadership of the Republican Party. Have we ever had anybody that was, you know, um, willing to go balls to the walls and push for a conservative agenda? No, we didn't even have we, the first time the Republicans even got control of Congress was in the 90s. We have been the minority party forever, and that's what they're comfortable being. 
It's kind of, you think about, to, to use the NFL analogy, there are some franchises that are just losers. And it doesn't matter. They could go out and, and get through the draft, a franchise quarterback, and then it's not going to be. I mean, that was the Saints for many years. And we finally had a little bit, you know, something happening with Drew Brees. And now we're back to being the Saints, right? Because that's just who we are. This is who the Republicans are. And we had an opportunity, and I've been saying for a long time, we've got to, we have been sold the idea that we just needed to, even with Trump, well, you know, what's the point of getting Trump in there if we don't, if he doesn't have the major, the majority. And so we got to hold our nose and keep the Mitch McConnells and keep the Paul Ryans so that we've got the majority. And I'm like, but it's not a win just because there's an R. That's not a win. If they're not going to push conservative policy, then they're no better to us. In fact, they're worse to us than Democrats. And that's where we're at. Yeah, if I'm- we're going to save this country, excuse me for interrupting, it has to be. If 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 they have destroyed our, our ability to do a third party because the two-party system is really a uniparty and they've written the rules to make it impossible at this point, then we have to completely be willing to do the work and rebuild this party from the ground up putting a fleet enema up the butt of this RNC, excuse my analogy, and, you know, um, force out all but about a handful. Your thoughts? Yeah, Republicans act like this is debate team. Democrats act like this is war and everything's up for grabs and all's fair in love and war, which means you can lie, mislead, you can cheat here and there, you can walk up to the line and bend the laws, and you can actually rewrite them if it benefits your cause. So it's like Republicans are afraid to impose their vision or take the country or steer us or guide us toward any real principles because that requires active governance, that requires doing more than complaining about the issues, that means winning elections, and then once you have power actually using it democrats are very comfortable wielding their power for some reason republicans are extremely timid when it comes to actually using power and i get it you don't want to abuse it and power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely fine but don't be afraid like have a bit of a spine i mean our country is up for grabs and we're losing everything that makes america america so Right. The Republicans act like fighting is showing the Democrats the right way to do things Mm -hmm. as though that matters. The Democrats (laughs) don't care. You're not winning because, well, we're going to do things the right way. You know, when the Democrats illegally impeached Trump for no for for him doing his job and not doing anything wrong, they didn't do it the right way. So maybe if we do it the right way at the House, then even though it won't matter because nothing will be done in an election season, then maybe um, next time they'll do things the right way. Or if they do finally go through an articles of impeachment and it passes in the House and then maybe some Democrats. Democrats will join us in the Senate. I mean, this is this is the way this is what they're trying to sell us. It's crap. We're not buying your crap anymore. We're going to shift gears because there is still a major crime wave going on in the country here. That's not even believe it or not connected to the open border necessarily or connected to Islamic terror. And Dr. John Lott will be here to talk about uh, some giving you some specific examples as to why and some scenarios as to why now more than ever you need to be protected. So stay tuned for that. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. 
So much uh, happening in uh, the crime wave across the country right now. And, of course, we know that the left, as they continue to do everything that they can to foment crime, uh, they also are continuing to go after our ability to defend ourselves. And so we can't take her off the ball, even though right now we've, we've been so focused on everybody has in terms of uh, what's happening with the crimes by the Biden crime family. Are they going to be held to account? And uh, the, the government's spying on us illegally, the Israel-Hamas war and the rise of anti-Semitism. But we've also got a crime wave happening here in our country. And it's, it's never been more important for you to be armed, to understand that and not just be armed to defend yourself against uh, criminals wanting to come through your door, but also against an overreaching government. And that's why it's important that we stay focused on our Second Amendment rights and push back against their infringements. Joining me now is Dr. John Lott. He is from CrimeResearch.org. He founded the CPRC, and he is an economist and a world-recognized expert on guns and crime. Uh, Dr. Lott, thank you for being back on the Andrea K. Show. Well, it's great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me on. Well, there's so much, um, so many different stories out here that I wanted to talk to you about, and hopefully we'll get a chance to hit them all. But one of the things that made me, reminded me of why this is so important is a couple of stories that hit me this week. We have, I think, the mayor of in D.C., I think it was, um, was carjacked right before Joe Biden was uh, was arriving for some event. I'm not, I don't remember if it was the mayor, uh, mayor of Denver, Denver, I think it was. Right. They Then we've got, yeah, it was Denver. Then we've got right now in D.C., I don't know if you heard this, Dr. John Lott, but in D.C. right now, they're telling people that they should put air tags in the pockets of their Canadian goose down jackets because you can't walk down the street in D.C. without them coming and trying to yank your jacket, your coat off your back. That's how right. bad the crime wave is in this country. And it, it, and we've and then the other story that I heard is we've got an uh, heroic L.A. homeowner whose home there was would be burglars, four men breaking into the house, his grandmother and his toddler inside. And he ended up the homeowner who, in my opinion, rightfully exercised his right to bear arms, um, gunned down the would be burglars. And he ended up being the one arrested. Your thoughts on all this? Right. Well, look, it's not too much of a mystery why we've seen this increase in violent crime, particularly in many urban areas. You've had cuts in police budgets. You've had district attorneys in many places who are refusing to prosecute violent criminals. You've had liberal judges in many urban areas over the last few years that have released half or even two thirds of the inmates from local jails. You know, if you want to reduce crime, you have to make it riskier for criminals to go and commit crime, but you can make it riskier for criminals to go and commit crimes through law enforcement, but you can also make it riskier by allowing individuals to be able to go and protect themselves. And unfortunately, many of the same people who have weakened Uh, The legal system uh, are also wanting to make it difficult for individuals to go and protect themselves. So in California, uh, not only is it very costly to go and get a concealed carry permit, uh, but they've granted relatively few of them. But on top of that, now they have new legislation that essentially makes the vast majority of the state uh, a gun free zone, which makes it so that even if you do get a permit, you're not able to go and protect yourself. 
And, you know, so it's like they want to try to do everything they can in order to make it so it's not risky for criminals to go and commit crime. Right. Like in the case of carjackings, we talked about that in Denver. I think it was the state of Michigan and maybe even Seattle where the chief of police was telling people just hand your keys over if somebody comes and carjacks. Um, and, 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 and that's the kind of mentality that has created a situation where, like in New Orleans, you're not safe to be sitting on the I-10 during rush hour because they are, you know, the carjackings are just happening just rampantly. Uh, there was a young African-American gal who was armed and she shot and I don't think she killed him, the, the attempted carjacker. He ran off, um, but she was criticized for exercising her right. And she said, my kids would probably be dead if I hadn't shot him. Um, so uh, that, that case ended up well, but the majority of people around the country aren't armed and they're not allowed to defend themselves in that way. And, you know, in the case of the, the jacket story in DC, that's another example of them saying instead of dealing with the bad guys and making it um, the the punishment so fierce against criminals that they would think twice before going and grabbing a jacket off somebody. Now the solution is air tags. You just need to have a tracking device on all your property, John Lott, in order to to um, deal with the crime. Um, uh, there's no plan to crack down on the criminals in this country. Instead, you've got the case of this homeowner in L.A. who did the right thing, protecting his grandmother and his toddler, and now he's the one arrested. Right. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the story about the guy in L.A., you see that in New York City and other places where the prosecutors go after the victim who try to defend themselves and make their life uh, miserable. Look, if my research convinces me of anything is that there's two groups of people who benefit the most from being able to have guns for protection. And you just mentioned the example of the woman. Women who behave passively are much more likely to end up being seriously injured or killed than women who have a gun that they use for protection. Uh, basically, that's true for people who are relatively weaker physically, whether it's women or whether you're talking about an elderly person. You're almost always talking about young males going and doing the attacks. And um, when a man is facing a woman, uh, there's a lot larger strength differential that exists there than when a man is attacking another man. And the presence of a gun represents a much bigger relative change in a woman's ability to go and uh, stop an attack. You know, you talk about D.C. D.C.'s had over 200% increase in carjackings. Part of that has to do with the fact that the D.C. City Council uh, has reduced criminal penalties dramatically for people under 18. And so you see a lot of these carjackings by 17, 16-year-old, even 15- and 14-year-old kids that are doing these carjackings. But the other group of people who benefit the most are basically the people who are most likely victims of violent crime, and that tends to be poor blacks, who live in high crime urban areas. So the woman, you know, she was both a woman and a black in that area. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and, the, and the thing is, when you make it costly and difficult for people to go and get permits, who do you think you're stopping from being able to go and do that? When you're talking about all the fees here, you know, in some counties in California, it's like $1,000 just to go through the classes to be able to go and get a concealed carry permit. Um, 
you know, who do they think they're stopping? And, and before uh, the Bruin decision last year, uh, when California would have these so-called May issue requirements where you had to go and provide a good reason to some public official for why you should be able to go and protect yourself and your family. You, I was able to get a hold of the permits for Los Angeles County. They had 341 concealed carry permits for the county out of about 8.5 million adults. Uh, wow. Only 7% only 7% of the permit holders were women. Only 5% were blacks. Only 6.5% were Hispanics. You compare that to the rest of the country where you don't have to give a good reason, uh, and it's 30% are women. You have about 13% are blacks. Is it just that women and blacks in Los Angeles County, women aren't being stalked? They're not having crimes committed against them compared to the rest of the country? You know, the irony is, is that here you have Democrats controlling the process, and the Democrats claim that they care about the poor, they care about minorities, they care about women. And yet somehow the only people that Democrats seem to think had good reasons to be able to go and protect themselves are wealthy whites and a few wealthy Asians that gave large amounts of money to sheriff's reelection campaigns and were very politically connected individuals. Is it good that wealthy individuals who are politically connected are able to protect themselves? Sure, that's fine. But they're not the ones who are the most likely victims of violent crime. They're not the ones who benefit the most on average from having the option to be able to go and protect themselves and their families. And so, you know, they live in safer areas in the cities. Um, you know, so it's, it's really uh, disappointing to see kind of the fight against uh, allowing yeah. people it, to yeah, be able the, to go it, and protect themselves. Yeah. And in the case of this L.A. story, this is a neighborhood where they had been there had been burglaries every day and they were fed up. And this man had a toddler and a senior citizen to protect. It was right. four men coming into the home. Three of them were able to run away. He as he shot. Only one of them ended up taking some bullets and died. And the homeowner is now treated treated like the criminal and that's going to send a message to criminals wanting to come into this neighborhood that it's open season in that neighborhood and this is not, this is not exactly Beverly Hills you're absolutely right on this these policies are hurting the very people the democrats claim to protect and we this is in, in tonight's episode uh, tonight's segment with uh, Dr. John Lott is meant to be a reminder to you that you must you must uh, arm yourself understand what the laws are get trained and be prepared to defend yourself as well as continuing to understand that our second amendment rights are meant to as mainly first and foremost to protect us against an overreaching government right now our government is failing to protect us tell everybody how they can get more stats from you and learn more about your research well everything we've talked about is on our website plus more at crimeresearch.org crimeresearch.org but you know just one quick thing you know you mentioned the four attackers it's very common when you have to face multiple attackers like four that people have to fire multiple shots and california is one of these states that have these magazine size limits that are there mm, that essentially right. make it difficult for somebody to defend themselves against multiple attackers. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. You're absolutely right. Like you're supposed to be one bullet per person, right? And it's it's just every bit of it is every bit of what the Democrats are doing with these policies are not in any way aimed to save anybody's lives. It's all about gun control is about people control. And John Lott, I thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for being here tonight. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All righty. And you guys stick around. We've got another hour of the Andrea K Show coming up. Don't you go anywhere. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 